Thank you guys so much. It is good to see you this morning. And uh, man, what a great, great week we've had. The kids had a great time at camp and uh, middle schoolers are ready to go. And uh, I believe we had one of our young ladies trust Christ this week at camp and, and just a great time. Excuse me, a great time for them to get away. Moms and dads, how many of you had a great time during kids' camp? Kids weren't around. <laughs> Some of them were like, yeah, we had a vacation of our own. But uh, anyway, it's good to be in the Lord's house. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. If you have your Bible, Romans chapter 6 in the precious Word of God. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. I want to talk to you about a biblical understanding of baptism. A biblical understanding of baptism and uh, I believe you'll get the gist here in just a few moments of time as we prepare for baptism. Let me just uh, make a couple of remarks about that. Uh, ladies, uh, to my right, to your left, if you'll just go through this passageway here, everything is ready for you. We've got t-shirts. If you have shorts, just bring that. Uh, gentlemen, to my left, to your right, go through this opening over here. Um, Again, we've got t-shirts, uh, towels, all kind of goodies there for you. But also know this, if you're here this morning and you say, I didn't bring a pair of shorts, you come on, we're, we're prepared for you as well. We've got, we've got everything that you need to be baptized today. All really that you need is a willing heart, an obedient heart. And, and uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to that here in just a few moments of time. But look with me in Romans chapter 6. Look at what the Bible has to say. Paul writing to the church at Rome he says these words, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, he's talking about people who have placed their faith in Christ. And when we put our faith in Christ, what we're saying is that we die to self, we die to sin. And so Paul is asking that question. He says, how? He says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Notice what he says in verse 3. Know ye not that so many or all of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Watch it. Our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together. God, I pray that you'll bless as only you can. I pray that you'll open up our eyes of understanding, our hearts of understanding. God, that we might receive your word. It would fall upon the good soil of our hearts and lives. And God, that we would be uh, not only blessed by the hearing and teaching of your word, but God, that we would be challenged to do more for you each and every day of our life. Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory for what you'll do today, and we pray this all in the precious name of Jesus, and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, first of all, what we need to understand uh, before we get going this morning is that baptism has its meaning and importance only. It only has its meaning and its importance because of what Jesus did through his death, through his burial and resurrection. Right? It, it, without Jesus dying, without Jesus being buried, without Jesus being uh, uh, risen from the dead, we wouldn't be baptizing this morning. It has its meaning and its importance in there. Folks, baptism isn't just 
a simple tradition or some little uh, religious ritual that we get together to do. It's actually all about Jesus. Amen? It's all about the work of salvation. Hey, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. Man, that's the one time I can get an amen out of people. Like, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. You remember your kids sing that song? If you're you know, happy and you know it, stomp your feet. And kids love stomping their feet. And, but uh, anyway, biblically speaking, our Lord left us two ordinances. Really, two ordinances. Number one, we have baptism, and then also we have the Lord's Supper. And what's crazy to me is when we gather together, even here at Battlefield, when we gather together here for, to observe the Lord's Supper, I always teach a lesson on the Lord's Supper. And yet, when we observe baptism, very rarely do we even talk about baptism. We tell people, hey, man, after you trust Christ, you need to be baptized. You need to, you need to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. And people are like, okay, if you say so. And we really don't ever really get into it or talk about it. Every, and although every believer should be baptized, churches rarely discuss it. And quite honestly, guys, this is an important, this is a significant step in one's life and so we ought to talk about it because Jesus not only commanded it he ordained it he actually commanded it he ordained it to be an ongoing practice in churches like Battlefield Baptist Church New Testament churches all around the world by the way he also set the example not only did he command it and ordain it he set the example by being baptized himself but what are some of the reasons I always like to do this before we get into God's word what are some of the reasons that people never get baptized now you may be sitting here and you say oh my he's going to be talking to me because I trusted Christ and I never got baptized well there's a lot of reasons people don't get baptized number one some people just don't get baptized because they're uninformed uh, and, and that's not a bad thing maybe they haven't been taught about baptism maybe they don't know why they should be baptized maybe they hear people talking about it they've seen people get baptized but they're just uninformed they really don't know uh, what it's all about or maybe they've been incorrectly educated about baptism or the significance thereof number two is an age-old problem with a lot of people it's called pride a lot of times people are just too proud. It's like, man, I don't want anybody looking at me when I get baptized, so I'll just not do it. I mean, it's not a part of my salvation, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, pastor, I've trusted Christ. I'm headed for heaven, and I can't help it. Why should I be baptized? Because Jesus said so. That's the reason. But pride gets in the way that, Anybody ever have a pride problem in their life? Only three of you. God bless you. The rest of you have no pride problems. We all, have, we all struggle with pride, and that's a reason sometimes people don't do it. And, and here's another one I put down in my notes. Sometimes pride sneaks up like this. Say like, say like, oh, well, I got saved years ago, and if I were to go forward and be baptized today, you know, uh, here in 2021, I mean, I've been saved for 25 years, Pastor, and if I go, people will talk. People will say, well, uh, maybe she wasn't really saved. Maybe she just got saved today. Can I just tell you, who cares? Who cares what people think? Man, we're living in such a day and age where if you say the wrong thing, look a different way or, or, or turn your head a certain way, people are condemning you anyway, so just come on up and get baptized. By the way, the water's warm. We warmed it up for you. We didn't want you to be uncomfortable. But see, that pride gets in the way. Indifference, here's another one. Indifference. 
I understand baptism. I'm not against baptism. I believe in baptism, but it's not really that important to me. I'm just indifferent to it. So guess what? I just decide I'm not going to do it. And, I, you know, it's like, I'm woman, hear me roar. On this rock I stand, and I'm not moving. And whatever else you want to say, just indifferent to baptism. Another reason is, here's, here's, a, here's a problem sometimes I see in a lot of people. Not just with baptism, a lot of other things. It's called being defiant. I, I refuse. I just refuse to get baptized. It, it goes against my grain. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I was raised in this church, and, and I come over to Battlefield, and my church said that I don't have to do it, therefore I'm not going to do it. Well, good for you. But what does the Bible say? That's why I like to talk about baptism. See, because it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what maybe your former church thinks. It doesn't matter what that pastor thinks. It really doesn't even matter what I think. You know what matters? is what God thinks. Amen? And so that's why I'm excited to talk to you about baptism. Some of you are a little nervous today. I'm looking out there and some of you are like, hmm, maybe is he going to try and hog tie me into getting baptized? No, I would never do that. I would never do that. But I would encourage you, if you've never been baptized, today would be a great day to do it. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you've never been baptized, today would be the day to do it. Here's another reason people don't get baptized, just ungenerated, unregenerated. Just not saved, not believers yet. They've, they've heard a lot about Jesus, they talk about Jesus, and, and they know a lot, but they really have never repented and asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. But let's notice what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28. Here's what Jesus said about it all. He tells his disciples, remember, he's, he's already risen from the dead. He tells them to go into Galilee. He'll see him, and he tells them here in Matthew chapter 28 and in other passages, he says, go ye therefore. Now watch this. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. But notice what he says next. What does he say? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. See, he commands baptism. Spiritually speaking, anyone can be, uh, for, for someone to become teachable, right? If, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, if you're going to be discipled by Christ, he was speaking to his disciples, you must first be a believer, but he says, after you're a believer, he says, as you go into all the world, because he knew his disciples would, he says, as you're going, he said, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to teach people. I'm asking you to instruct them. I'm asking you to train them. And what does he say? Here's a process of training. He says, part of that process of teaching and training involves baptism. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and then he goes on. And being a disciple simply means to become a follower. To be a follower or student of a teacher, a leader, or a philosopher. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you like it or not, you are a disciple of his. And he says to go in all the world and teach them and baptize them. Oh, listen. Our training begins... The moment we place our faith in Jesus Christ. It was Watchman Nee. If you've never read some of Watchman Nee's stuff, I would encourage you to do it. Very, very encouraging and challenging. He put it this way. He said, baptism is an outward experience of an inward faith. It's an outward experience of something deeper that's going on inside. And so what is baptism all about? Well, look at verse 3 of our text. 
Look at verse 3. Paul says, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus. So uh, literally he's saying, he's echoing what I said at the very beginning. Baptism is all about Jesus, amen? It's all about Jesus. Listen, during the Lord's Supper, we remember his sacrifice. We remember his, his broken body. We remember his shed blood. Everything that he did for us on the cross of Calvary. But in baptism, not only do we show his death, watch, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. We don't only show his death, but we celebrate the fact that he lives and he's alive forevermore. Amen? What a wonderful opportunity. It's a joyous celebration. And if you're looking at Romans chapter 6 and you have your Bible, flip, just look over to the other side of the page at verse 1. Of chapter 5 because see in chapter 5 verse 1 Paul had just made the connection with these saints uh, in Rome with Christ so he makes this connection in verse 1 by saying this he says therefore being justified by faith we have what man doesn't don't we need some peace today anybody in need of peace I got news for you he's right here in God's Word says Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, my friends, we become connected to Christ when we realize that there's nothing we can do to buy salvation. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't obtain it any other way except through Jesus Christ. Amen? When we trust Christ, when we ask Him to forgive us of our sins and come into our lives, we are forever, watch it, connected with Christ. Forever. Listen, you may have been to a place of of teaching or religious thought that has taught or purported about losing your salvation. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. Once you receive Christ, if you're a believer, if you're a genuine believer of Jesus Christ, no man can pluck you from the Father's hand. By the way, what kind of gift would it be? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in Jesus would not uh, 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 die but have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God. What kind of gift would it be if God said, here, trust me. Oh, by the way, I'm going to snatch that back from you. See, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have to be careful with these things. We become connected with Christ. Look at verse 3. It says not only are we connected with Jesus, but watch it says be be sure to understand that baptism is also about Jesus' death. Watch it says know ye not that so many of us or all of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death as well. Folks, since Jesus Christ was made to be sin for us, Since Jesus Christ was made to be a curse for us, since he bore our sins in his body on that tree, since he rose again for our justification, just as if we never saved, don't you think it's important that we understand that once we repent of our sin, once we place our faith in trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, not only are we being baptized into him, but we're being baptized into his death. We're saying, guess what? Just like Jesus Christ died, just like he was buried, just like he rose again, that's what we're showing forth through our step of obedience in baptism. By the way, 2 Corinthians 5.17 declares that old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
When we die to self, when we die to sin, we become new in Christ. Colossians 3.3 says that we are dead and that our life is hid with Christ in God. Oh, my friends, one of the most beautiful things about God's love, as I said it Wednesday night, is the death that you and I deserve, God placed it on his son. He said, here, here he says, and we were talking about this Wednesday night because in, in our study, the biblical protocols for prayer, we were talking about the fatherhood principle. And I was sharing with people how amazing it is that God loved us so much that he says, he says, not only are you, are you my children, not only are you adopted in the beloved, but guess what? You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I love you so much that I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. I'm going to give you what my son deserves because of him. Because of your faith in him. Oh, my friends, what a savior we serve. Oh, listen. Verse 4, look at verse 4. It says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Do you know that once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your life should be different? By the way, I'm just going to, make a bold statement once you put your faith in Jesus Christ your life is going to be different and if it's not different there's probably a problem now I know it's very quiet there was one that's right see once I say hey Greg you got a problem that you can't solve and the only one that can solve that problem is Jesus Christ. And he already solved it. He already paid the penalty for your sin debt that you could never pay, you could never buy, you could never earn. Once I come to that realization, once I by faith receive Christ, ask Christ to forgive me and to come into my life, once I am changed from the inside out, my life is going to be different. There's things that I'm not going to want to be around. There's things that I'm not going to say. There's things that I'm not going to do. And so we have to understand that just like Jesus, he says, it, verse 5 says this, it says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, just like Jesus. One day, one day, can you imagine it? One day, even our old rusty old bodies will rise from the dead. By the way, let me, let me encourage you. The moment I cease to exist here, I'll never cease to exist. My soul and spirit are going to live on. So don't be, don't be sad when, when Greg takes his last breath. Don't be sad like, oh my goodness, what happened? Oh, I'm, I'm dancing. You say, well, what about your physical body? Yeah, my physical body may take a little siesta. Not a soul sleep, but my body may take a siesta. But guess what? That trump of God's going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain, we're going to get caught up together with them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air. Oh, what a day that's going to be. When my Jesus I shall see. Oh, listen, friends. Baptism is all about Jesus. It's all about his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And today we get the privilege to see people celebrate it, illustrate it, and execute it through this act of baptism, through this act of obedience. In verse 6, notice this. It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin 
I put in my notes, just as Jesus conquered sin, death, the grave, and hell, you and I can be overcomers through him and through the power that works in us. When it comes to sin, when it comes to sin by the way, sin will desire to enslave you. Just because you trust Christ doesn't mean sin's going anywhere. That old nasty devil, that old dirty devil, that old deceiver, he will deceive you and take pleasure in doing it. Can I tell you, if you haven't heard this lately, it's some good news at your local New Testament church. The devil hates you. There's the good news and the bad news wrapped up in one. The bad news is the devil hates you, but the good news is God doesn't. He loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. He wants to walk intimately with you. He wants to be connected with you. But you, by faith, must receive him as the Savior of your life. Oh, listen. It's so important to understand what baptism is all about. But number two, how? Here's the $10 question. How should we baptize? Well, Pastor, I've been in churches where I have seen... By the way, do you know that they did that to me when I was a little baby? They took me into a church and they put water on my... I needed to comb my hair. It wasn't very long, but they christened me. It wasn't baptism. They christened me. And uh, there's a lot of thoughts and a lot of theological discussion about how we should baptize. But here at Battlefield Baptist Church, we baptize... Uh, people here, let's just put it this way. People are immersed. They are submerged. I, I like this one. They are Dunkachinoed, if you please, here at Battlefield. Dunkachinoed's my favorite. You see, it's a practical, the physical act of baptism. And you say, well, where do you get that? You didn't think I was smart enough to come up with that, did you? See, I get it from the Word of God. And in the Bible, there's two verbs that actually kind of... Uh, Give us a simple definition concerning how we baptize. The ceremonial aspects of baptism for the local church. And notice the two verbs. I think I gave them to the guys. Uh, they're bapto and baptizo. Bapto actually is only used four times in the New Testament. But here's what it means. It means to whelm. Watch this. To whelm. That is to cover wholly. To dip. So that's the first word, bapto. Therefore, it speaks of something being submerged or immersed. The second word in the New Testament is a stronger word and a more intensive form of bapto from which we get the English word baptize. And baptizo is actually used numerous times in Scripture. And here's the thing. It always, it always, it always, it always, it always means to make whelmed. The word to make whelmed means to be overwhelmed or to make fully wet. That's what it means, to make fully wet, to dip completely, to immerse, to submerge. And the scriptural noun that is used frequently in regards to baptism is the Greek word baptisma. Baptisma, and it's all throughout the New Testament. You can look it up for you guys that like to do word studies. You can look up this word baptisma. And linguistically, the terminology of baptisma always refers to immersion. And so you say, where do we get the idea of having a baptismal pool and immersing, immersing people for baptism? Well, we just follow the, the verb usage that we find in Scripture. But here's one final fun fact for you. I like fun facts from Scripture. The words bapto and baptizo, those two verbs, are never used 
in the passive form. They're never used in the passive sense of, of grammar. And you say, well, what does that mean? It means that the water that is spoken of is never spoken of being baptized, watch this, on someone. It's not used in the passive form. It's never used in a way that speaks of being water being baptized on somebody. It always speaks of us going into water. Now you say, well, where can we see this scripturally? Because, Pastor, that's great, you sharing those things, but I still have a problem digesting that. Well, notice the very first example we see that is really important for us because Jesus sets the example for us here. But in Matthew chapter 3, turn to Matthew chapter 3 if you have your Bible. I want you to see it for yourself. Just a few pages back to the left in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 3, look at the very first two verses. The first two verses of Matthew chapter 3. And the Bible says these words. It says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now drop down, look at verse 5 and 6. Then went out to him. So it's talking about that the people of Jerusalem are going out to him and all of Judea, and all the region about Jordan. So the people all around Jerusalem, all throughout Judea, all around where he's at near this Jordan River, they're all flooding to John the Baptist. Now not, watch what Scripture says in verse 6. And were baptized of him, what does it say? In Jordan, in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Listen, why go to the trouble of finding a place or a pool or a body of water if the form of bapto or baptizo or baptisma means to place on somebody. I could do that with out a body of water. I could place on. I could baptize on. Now, I'm not trying to start a, a, a conflict or anything, but look at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 also confirms that all the people of Jerusalem were going out to be baptized by John the Baptist. And guess what? Mark chapter 1 verse 5 says, in the Jordan River. It's talking about the same thing in the River Jordan. In John chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23, here again, after these things, here comes Jesus. Now Jesus is getting into the mix. Not only is he being baptized, but now watch what takes place. It says, here comes Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. Wow, so he's getting into the mix. And then look at verse 23. And John was also baptizing in Anon near Salem. Why? The Bible says because there was much water there. They needed water to baptize. And they came and were baptized. Flip over one other passage. I want you to see this. In Acts chapter, go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. This is a great passage this is where we read about the miraculous encounter of Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. And some of you know this story. And so we won't read the whole passage. But look with me in verse 35. 35 and following what the Bible says. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture. Here it is. He opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain, what is it? Water. And the eunuch said, Hey, see, here's water. What doth it hinder me to be baptized? And here's what Philip says in verse 37. He says, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Christ, is the Son of God. Look at verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. 
and they went down. Both Philip and the eunuch, they went down. Both Philip and the eunuch into the water. And he baptized him. Look at verse 39. Here's a beautiful thing in verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the, the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way with rejoicing. Here's the really cool thing. After the eunuch is baptized, he comes up, Philip's gone. But he doesn't sit around moaning and groaning about where's Philip. He comes out of the water rejoicing because, see, the eunuch realized that it was all about Jesus anyway. It didn't matter about Philip. By the way, if you get baptized today, it ain't about Greg. It's about what you're doing for Jesus. I might as well be caught away. And when you come out of the water, you come out of the water rejoicing because of what God has done in your life. Oh, yes. Our baptism by immersion into and out of the water symbolizes the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how should we be baptized? I think we ought to do it just like Jesus did. That's why we do it that way. We just try to follow the example that's set for us. Number three, why should we baptize? Well, I already said it at the very outset because it's part of the Great Commission. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Folks, as believers, baptism is an act of obedience. Think about that just for a second. It's an act of obedience. And so how should we baptize? Why should we baptize? And then finally, who should we baptize? Who should we baptize? Well, in the Old Testament, circumcision was used. Circumcision was used to signify membership for men and families into the old covenant people of God. And so you read a lot about the males being circumcised as little babies. And, and so that was a way of uh, uh, dictating uh, their, their membership, if you please, into the old covenant of God. And there are a lot of churches that still hold to that thought and that theology. But in the New Testament, men and women and boys and girls are baptized to signify their position in Jesus Christ and thus a member of God's family. Amen? And there's two basic views concerning baptism. And uh, I, was, I don't know if I was telling to Krista or somebody the other day. The first one is what's known as um, pedo-baptism. And in Latin, the word pedo literally means child or infant. And so it speaks of infant baptism. And that's what some denominations teach. They teach an infant baptism. But turn with me one last place. I won't ask you to turn anywhere else. Turn to Colossians chapter 2. Because here, I believe, this passage provides for us a key phrase that we could use to determine whether pedo baptism is what we should follow or whether what we follow, which is known as credo-baptism, which credo in Latin means I believe, we'll get there in just a second, whether we should do that. So we've got two basic forms. We've got infant baptism and then believer's baptism, credo, or I believe in Latin. And so look at uh, Colossians chapter 2. What a great passage of Scripture. Look at verse 6 and following. It says here in verse 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now look at verse 8. This is important that we look at this verse. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not 
after Christ. Verse 9, For in Him, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse 10, I love the first phrase, And ye are what in Him? Complete. You are complete in Jesus Christ. Say, I am complete in Jesus Christ. What a, what a, what a wonderful thought. I'm complete in Jesus Christ. That's all I need. That's why we sing that song. Jesus is all I need. All, all I need. Right? And so here it is. It says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Verse 11. In whom also ye are circumcised. Reference back to the Old Testament. Watch. Here you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Look at verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein ye are also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, means he made you alive, together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and it took it out of the way, and notice what he did. He nailed it to his cross, amen? In verse 15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Now go back to verse 12, because you say, well, I thought you said there was a phrase there. It is, and I went by it because I wanted to go back. Look at verse 12 again. Buried with him in baptism. That's not the phrase. Keep reading. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the what? That's the phrase. Through faith are you saved. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God lest any man should boast. Listen, verse 12 is talking about being baptized, buried in baptism with Jesus Christ. But guess how it says we're doing it? Through faith. I got news for you guys. I didn't know how to feed myself as a baby. Much less exercise faith. All I knew how to do was cry and wet and do other things in my diaper. And hope that somebody fed me. And hope that somebody put me to sleep. I believe this provides for us a key phrase. When it talks about through faith. You see, by faith we are raised with him in baptism. Watch this. To walk in newness of life. Old has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Galatians 3. Paul writes to the church of Galatia in verse 26. After telling them that the schoolmaster is done away with in verse 25. Verse 26 tells us that we are all children of God. There it is again. By faith in Christ Jesus for, watch the connection, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In baptism, you and I are identifying, we are illustrating by faith in Christ. We're, we're illustrating our faith, if you please, for everyone to see. So you know when I was baptized, I got, by the way, I was saved at the age of 13, so I'm going to put a little plug out there. If you've been saved a long time and you've never been baptized, today's the day to get baptized. You say, well, I'm going to share you my story. So I got saved when I was 13. You know when I got baptized? When I turned, on, on my 33rd birthday. 
20 years. 20 years before I got scripturally baptized. Now, don't do this. Don't be like, well, I'm still on 18. I'm going to wait two more years. Please don't do that. You see, I had not been educated correctly about this thing of scriptural baptism. 20 years. And I got up there and I had some of those same thoughts. I was like, man, those, those people at Battlefield. By the way, I got baptized right up there. Right up there where I have the honor and the privilege to serve as pastor and baptized today. I was baptized up there. And when I went and I got ready for baptism, I was thinking, everybody's going to think I haven't, I haven't been a Christian all this time. They've been looking, they're going to be looking at me, they're going to be questioning, did he just get saved today? Well, who cares if I did just get saved today? Praise the Lord. See, we worry too much about what people are thinking instead of what God thinks. But it was 20 years for me. In a sense, you know what? In a sense, when we get baptized, we're saying, as the Apostle Paul and said in Romans 1.16, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe whether it be to the Jew or the Gentile. What a great Savior we serve. And so at Battlefield, if you haven't guessed already, we teach what is known as credo baptism. <laughs> that word credo meaning, I believe. Therefore, baptism is all about Jesus. It's all about His command. It's his, all about His example. It's all about His method. It's all about all those who place their faith in Him. In fact, Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. And so everyone who's called out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin should be baptized. I pray that you will be baptized if you haven't. It's part of our discipleship process. And here's the thing. I put in my notes this. You know, some people say, Pastor, it's, I don't have a pride thing. I have a shyness thing. Anybody a little shy? I don't like getting up in front of people, Pastor. So... Could you do me a favor? Could we wait till everybody is gone and then I'm going to meet you in the dressing room? Awkward. But anyway, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to meet you and then you could baptize me and no one's around. I'm sorry. Baptism is an ordination for the church. By the way, can I help you with the shyness problem? Just look at Jesus. Keep focusing on Jesus and come for baptism. Here's the thing. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But after you shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Listen, the Bible says after the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power. There's no need to be fearful. There's no need to be shy. But that verse also says... Jesus also said, and ye shall be witnesses. When we follow the Lord and believers' baptism, we're setting a strong witness. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're setting a strong witness for people to see. And so I encourage you, if you've never been baptized, be baptized. Because we are His ambassadors. We are His witnesses, if you please. By the way, your baptism might just be the encouragement or the challenge that somebody else needs to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. They might be sitting out there and they say, well, if Chris would get baptized, I'd get baptized. If Tracy would follow the Lord and believers' baptism, I'd do it. But since she doesn't, I'm not going to do it. That's a true statement. 
There are people, if they know that you haven't been baptized, maybe they're thinking, well, since Bobby doesn't do it, since Spain doesn't do it, since Ron doesn't do it, since Greg doesn't do it, I'm not going to do it. Your baptism might be the encouragement and the challenge that somebody needs. And I know that there may be somebody out there saying, well, pastor, what about baptismal regeneration? Well, without going into great detail, you ask the question, does baptism save us? No. I don't believe that baptism saves you uh, any more than just showing up today saves you. Uh, you say, well, where do you get that? I get that from the example that we find in Luke chapter uh, 23. You remember Jesus is on the cross and on one side he's got uh, a bad guy and on the other side he's got another bad guy and the one's railing on him and, and the one malefactor says, don't you fear God? He says, don't you fear God? And then he looks at Jesus and in verse 43, I think it is verse 42, verse 42, guys, show that. He said unto Jesus, his Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, oh, so you believe, well, let's get down and go get baptized and then you can come to the kingdom. No, he doesn't say that. In verse 43, Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee that today thou shalt be with me in paradise. If Jesus made a way for that thief on the cross to go to paradise without baptism, I think he could do it for you. Oh, I got you, Pastor. You just said it. I don't have to be baptized. That's not his desire. That man was in a dire situation. He left a commandment for us today. He ordained it. He set the example. He said, go ye into all the world, into every nation, teaching them and baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He has set the command. He has ordained the command. He has showed us an example. Folks, the only one who saves is not baptism. The only one who saves is Jesus. Again, for by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works lest any man should boast. And if you read on in verse number 10, the Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in him. Folks, we are saved by Jesus. We receive grace from him. We access that grace from Jesus through faith in him. And guess what? When we access that grace through faith in him, it leads to you and I walking in the newness of life. It realizes itself when you and I Execute good works. Not because we're powerful, but because he's powerful. And so what do I say? I simply say the same thing that Peter said on that day of Pentecost. So many, many, many years ago. If you've never trusted Christ, repent. If you have trusted Christ, be baptized. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the opportunity to meet here today. God, I thank you for the ones who will be coming to follow you in believer's baptism. And Lord, as a church, this is a time to celebrate, not a time to exit, not a time to, to give up opportunity to go and be at the buffet first. It's an opportunity to celebrate these ones who are following you in baptism. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll give us a grand time as we see those that will come forward and take that step of faith, that, that step of obedience because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that if there's somebody in this room that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that today would be the day that they would call on the name of the Lord and receive the forgiveness of sins, that they would ask Jesus to come into their life and to change them from the inside out. 
that today might be their day of salvation. Lord, if there's somebody in this room that has been saved, maybe it's been for a while, but they've never been baptized, I pray that, that you would give them boldness, that you would give them boldness today to come and to take that step of obedience and to be baptized. Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. We're thankful for that fatherhood protocol we talked about and that great love wherewith you have loved each of us through Jesus. God, we thank you for the fact that you're holy. We thank you for the fact that your word is true. So Lord, help us to exercise faith in what you say, not, not what others say. God, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all that you'll do in this time of invitation, this time of celebration and baptism. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.